Your state. Your team. Your show. This is Sports Nightly. Two wide outs to the left. Mills in the backfield with Martinez. Adrian gets the snap, gives it off to Mills. Mills spins away. He's to the 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 40. Tight the sideline, steps out of bounds, inside the 30-yard line. Dedrick Mills has been a man today here in Lincoln. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. One month ago, the Big Ten surprised the college football world by saying we're going conference games only. Surprising, shocking the other commissioners of the Power Five Conference. Today, the Big Ten Conference became the first of the Power Five Conferences to say no football at all. Welcome to Sports Nightly on a glorious Tuesday night. After the euphoria, as Austin's mentioned in the ticker, of six days ago of announcing a schedule, the Big Ten Conference today pulls the plug on college football. What changed? When asked Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner stumbled, fumbled, and bumbled his way to a non-answer. Unbelievable turn of events today after some passionate pleas by college football coaches in the Big Ten yesterday, Ben, to, to slow down, hold off, don't make any rash decisions. 24 hours later, the league says, we're done. Yeah, um, not even sure really where to start. I think, um, first of all, just how I feel. I feel sad. I feel um, dejected, demoralized, frustrated, mad, angry, um, all of it. I mean, I, I think that for so many reasons. And, um, again, it's tough, to, it's tough to point where to start because there are so many things to talk about when it comes to this particular issue. I guess we may as well start with, as you said, the Big Ten commissioner um, addressing or lack thereof of uh, everybody, the media, the fans, coaches, players, presidents. That was an embarrassment of an interview, if you can even call it that. Uh, that's a That's a man that Uh, Obviously, was instructed by lawyers to filibuster as best as you can and go on to uh, Dave Revson's questions and give an answer without giving any answer at all. And he successfully did that to about every question that he was asked today. We're basically given zero uh, information from the commissioner today behind um, his interview, which was frustrating. I give a lot of credit to Dave Revson for the way that he handled that interview um, I, I wish I could give the reporter credit that put this tweet out, but he's absolutely right when he said uh, Dave Revson proved today that you could still be uh, a member of a conference network and a journalist at the same time. I, I applaud his ability to poke and prod and not, you know, let, let Kevin Warren filibuster for as much as he can without answering, but then, again, ask the pointed question right up in the follow-up and hoping to get an answer, and we just didn't. Um, Nebraska, of course, puts out a statement to follow talking about their disappointment, and you knew that was going to come based on what happened yesterday and the stance that Nebraska took. Um, it, it, it's a hard reality to, to grasp right now, Greg, the fact that we're not going to be watching Nebraska play football unless drastic measures are taken um, this season. So I feel for our players. I really hurt for those players. I hurt for our coaches. I hurt for the recruits. And more importantly, Greg, I hurt for all of our friends in the athletic department who now are going home to their families and wondering if they're going to have a job in a couple of weeks, in a couple of months, at the turn of the year. 
people that we work with on a daily basis and, and know to be very fine people that we're not quite sure what's going to happen in their future or even our future for that matter. So absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, 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 there are so many things to even think about and consider right now with the news today. I'm, I'm super bummed and disappointed that the big 10 was the first conference uh, to call it quits today. And, you know, we on this show a couple of Wednesdays ago said what we thought was going to happen based on what we were hearing. And it was very wishy-washy from what we were hearing. The reporting that was being done was very wishy-washy, but ultimately led to this decision today, which I think if you peel back the layer of the onion, you could have seen this coming a couple of weeks ago. And unfortunately, that day's finally come, and the Huskers won't be playing football this fall. And in turn, um, this community is going to suffer from this decision for years and years to come. Yeah, it just the whole thing, the whole last seven days has just been really mind-boggling to, to roll out a breakfast edition of your schedule and then pound your chest with how wonderful you've been in creating this flexible schedule with bye weeks and the ability to move things around and parade that out. And then a couple of days later saying that, yeah, we're done. I mean, come on. I just it, it has been a stumbling experience. It's been a, just a black eye for the Big Ten, the way they have handled this over the last seven days. And, and as, um, as Austin said, I mean, it, it was six days from the schedule to today. But but Saturday morning, so three days after the schedule came out, there were a lot of reports that the Big Ten was done. So it wasn't even really six. It was three. Andy Greeter, who comes on our Big Ten Blitz all the time from the St. Paul Pioneer Press, had a tweet from the Minnesota – quote from the Minnesota president that said, well, we really didn't take a vote. It was just kind of the feeling in the room. What? So who made the call? I guess the commissioner made the call. He's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'm going to pull this. And, hey, let me do say this, too. Ultimately, this might be the right call. This could be the right call. If the other conferences aren't able to pull this off and, and, and get it to work, this might be the right call. I, I'm not, But the way they've handled and mixed and matched and tugged and pulled at the emotions of so many people over the last seven days is really hard to stomach. Uh, as we make our way through this, um, and and let's let's also just stop, <laughs> let's stop the thought of a spring football season. That is yes. not going to happen. That is fallacy. That is that's completely giving people false hope. That is not even that shouldn't even really be being discussed right now. Yeah, it's totally the the conference trying to save face. But to me, what it does is it takes away all the little validity to the statement that they put out today that seemed to be drilling through our heads about the safety and well-being of players being the, the sole purpose of why the fall season was not going to happen. But we're going to make you feel a little better by, by not pulling off the table that a spring season is going to happen. Okay, well, let's think about that for a second. If you truly are looking out for the well-being of student-athletes, you would not make them play 20-plus football games in a span from March to November. There's no way, if you understand the physical toll that this sport takes on a body, you would not let these kids, you wouldn't entertain the idea to let these players play 20 games in an eight-month span, seven- to eight-month span. There's no way you could look yourself in the mirror and do that. So to me, it, it takes all the validity away of what you're saying about the, sa the safety being the priority of, you know, 
what they're, of their decision-making. The, the mental, physical, and emotional well-being of the players is what they keep saying, and I just don't see it. The fact that you're going to leave a spring season on the table when that's the exact opposite of looking out for the well-being of your players, you see the way that these guys come out of a locker room after the game with ice bags taped to their shoulders and you know bandage wraps and turf marks on their uh, elbows and and you know the walking boots and the crutches that I mean it's like these guys just go pound on each other but we're going to ask them to to do the, that same thing maybe in a shortened season in a in a in a, in a one calendar year is absolutely asinine to me so if you're sitting there tonight wondering about a spring season don't even give yourself that hope, that possibility, right. because it's absolutely not going to happen. I've even heard people say, well, how much time do they possibly need off? You know, you're giving them three months off and, you know, you go through a spring season anyway. So there's really not that much time. You have all winter. The spring season is more for those younger guys to get reps anyway and to knock rust off. And then you go into those summer months where you go enter another form of conditioning and, and you get yourself ready for the long fall. So, yeah, it's basically eight straight months off with a couple of weeks of practice here and there sprinkled in, mostly for the younger guys and the new players to get reps. Um, it's just absolutely inconceivable to me that a spring season is going to happen and, again, takes away even more of of the of the transparency of the validity of the conference commissioner today for even leaving that the, on the table to me is wildly irresponsible yeah and even if you continue to watch the btn special this afternoon they had urban meyer former ohio state coach who said that, that's silly you can't that is not even it shouldn't even be on the table barry alvarez wisconsin ad basically said the same thing yeah and i don't think that's really realistic to do that so we can just put that to bed that that's not going to happen today i just I'm infuriated by the way they handled all this. They knew practice was starting on Friday. They gave the go-ahead for practice to start on Friday to fire up the players on the football team and then to be handed a note in the middle of practice as Scott Frost was on Saturday saying, uh, this is all you can do. You can't put pads on. Uh, I mean, it, it's just been botched from from the get-go. And I think Nebraska's leadership has known that for a while. And I think that's why they put out such a strong statement today. They have not liked the way this has been handled over the last month. And, and it's kind of cowardice for the rest of the people in the league to not kind of say the same thing. I mean, come on. This has just been handled so poorly by the commissioner and all the people in this league to not come up and go, yeah, we, we botched this thing is a bad thing. Now, not everybody agrees with that. Don has sent us a text on our text line of 531-500-4686. I find it disappointing and embarrassing for NU to come out against the conference and suggest that you will go rogue this fall. You join a conference for the good and the bad. And then, you you know, you said you were watching ESPN this afternoon and some of their announcers were taking Nebraska to task for their attitude the last 24 hours. Yeah, I don't know how anybody can sit there and say to just follow blindly what your conference believes and feels. Um, Nebraska has not done that in any sport, Greg. The first example that comes to mind is Nebraska baseball. They, they completely shifted the idea of an entire conference when it came to scheduling when it came to facilities Nebraska single-handedly changed the mindset of the entire conference with one sport and if your conference is going to come out there and start supporting things and and changing the way of doing things you're allowed to have your own opinion as a university about it you don't have to just shut up and say well I'm just glad to be a part of this and we're gonna we're gonna 
be on board with whatever the Big Ten wants us to do. What if the Big Ten comes out and says, you know, we're only going to play two conference games and we're going to let we want to play. We want to make it a, 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 a conference wide mandate that you play five FCF schools. It would never happen. But what if it did? Are you supposed to just say, OK, we're in the Big Ten. We'll do whatever you say. I, I don't agree with that at all. A school is allowed to have their own voice, their own thought process. And, and their own belief system, and they're allowed to voice that. If they're upset about something, Nebraska was the same way in the Big 12. They were unhappy. Nebraska wasn't the only school that was unhappy. Colorado was unhappy. Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, everybody was unhappy with Texas. Texas A&M, obviously unhappy. You don't just follow blindly what your commissioners in the league office says, no matter what they do. That's not right either. They have in the Big Ten for decades with Jim Delaney. Hill. Let's plug in a couple calls before we go to a Blake John uh, break. John and Lincoln joins us first tonight. Good evening, John. Hi, how are you doing? Um, I just feel sort of bewildered. I'm a Nebraska fan for over 70 years, and our family's had tickets since the 30s. And I guess what I'm looking at right now is how I and other people can best support Nebraska going forward but one of the things i hear i just think it would be nice if all the athletic directors the football coaches and the presidents of the university all met one met together and talked eyeball eyeball that makes a big difference what's happening right now things are just splintering off and you don't go out and put yourself in a corner uh, i heard on uh, a sports network that nebraska underneath the table has approach several conferences and they don't want Nebraska in that conference. And we are in a world problem. It's not just Lincoln or Nebraska. It's us. We need to think about the health of our athletes, mental and physical, and of our students. And Scott mentioned all these financial things. Why doesn't Scott step up and put his words where his mouth is and take a cut in salary at least down to two and a half million until this pandemic is over? He has taken a cut. Oh, I didn't know. Well, yeah. Well, thank that, you yeah. for that, yeah, how that much of a cut has he taken. Yeah. John, take how thanks for the phone call. He both he and, and Fred Hoiberg took cuts. I don't know. That, that that was announced by the athletic department about two months ago. John, appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we all need to support these these athletes, and I think we all do. And I think Nebraska does a great job uh, of doing um, doing that. Let's go to Jonathan in Omaha. Hey, Jonathan, you're up on Sports Nightly. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, uh, you know, heard in the news this morning. I, I wanted to cry. I'm still, you know, trying to hold back the tears. It sounds a little melodramatic, but uh, I'm just thinking. I'm kind of thinking about what you guys are saying about the economics of it all. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Husker documentary through these gates, um, but they kind of touch about like the hypothetical economics of Lincoln specifically, and how uh, if there were to be no Husker football, it would be, you know, just horrible for the businesses and. I'm just watching this documentary thinking ignorantly, like, oh, that'll never happen. We'll always have Husker football. And, and, like, the scary reality of it is now, like, oh, my God, like, all these businesses in Lincoln and, you know, it's it's like a trickle-down effect. Like, it, I, I feel scared for them. I really do. And, uh, like, I'm just worried about the people in Lincoln and especially the downtown area who, who really depend on the business of game day. And I just I just hope they pull through. And I hope, I hope the best for everyone that we all have Husker football for the sake of that you know all right Jonathan appreciate it thanks Jonathan for the phone call and and Greg I I think you would agree one of the coolest parts about a college football game day is walking around our studio walking around 
to the stadium and just seeing all the people walk around and seeing the the outdoor patios flooded with people and to see uh, just that feeling in your gut that you get on a game day, whether Nebraska's 10-0 and or 0-10, every Saturday feels important. It feels grand because of the people, because of the businesses. And, yeah, that, I mean, when I said there's a lot of parts to this, that's a big part to this is, you know, my heart goes out to all those businesses that, let's be honest, football season is the only reason a lot of those places stay in business. Those uh, eight or nine Saturdays a year keep them in business throughout the rest of the year. And without those, eh, you're you're in the middle of the ocean without a paddle. So I'm, I, feel, I feel for everybody. I feel for the families. I feel for the people. I feel for the fans. You say you're, you're you get emotional. That there's no judgment at all. This Husker football doing this show for as long as we've done it means so much to people, and to have that kind of taken away from you, um, I, I would imagine there was some tears shed today by some people. Oh, no doubt, uh, Jonathan. I think Scott Frost yesterday said 360 million is the economic impact for Husker football home Saturdays in Lincoln. 360 mm. million. Um, Stephen Omaha uh, on our text line said uh, he agrees there should be no spring football. What's the number one reason the NCAA always gave to not having playoffs, too many games, why player safety, and yet the Big Ten would look the other way and have a spring season? That's ludicrous. You're right, Steve. Uh, Yep. I I totally get that. Jeremiah, uh, big day today. I want to go back actually to yesterday. Your thoughts of, of Scott Frost in his press conference yesterday, is what, what did you make of the, of the Husker head coach yesterday? You know, I thought I thought the Huskers did a great job uh, yesterday. I thought that the, I thought that Coach Frost did a really nice job as well. Um, I thought that he handled things the exact right way. Um, I really think that he decided to have a message that he wanted to say, and he decided to really, in my opinion, put pressure on the Big Ten. I think he knew that this was the eleventh hour. He knew that this was going to be the final straw. I mean, really the final Hail Mary, whatever you want to call it, to really try and get a fall season going. And I thought that he did a really nice job with that. I thought Adrian, Boodle, and Farniak all did a really nice job with it as well. So I think that it was mission accomplished as well as they could have tried to do it. And it really sucks that it came out today that it wasn't going to be able to happen. He's gotten some criticism from some national people that felt like that wasn't that's not your place to do that. I, I can't I can't believe that opinions out there. I would guess it had to play well in the locker room, right? I mean, the players had to love that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime your head coach goes to bat for you, you're always going to love that. I mean, it was what I loved about Coach Bo when I was there. Is you knew no matter what, he was always going to go to bat for you, the player. And I mean, when you have a head coach, that's what you want. You want to make sure that the player is there and the first thing in your foremost and what Coach Bo always said, and I know Frost echoes this, is like he's there for his players. He knows without his players he does not have a job. And I think that Scott wants his guys to play. He wants his guys to be able to do the things that they've been working so hard for, especially, I mean, they've been through, I mean, let's face it, they've been through a lot in the last three years. I mean, some of these guys with the Riley staff and the turnover and then all the stuff that's been happening, like this was a big year for the Nebraska program. So hopefully, I mean, we can get going in the spring and get Husker football. But I think that in reality, I don't know if we're going to have any Husker football this fall, which really sucks. So I know the players want to play, and I know the players are excited that Scott went to bat for them. How about the the players? I mean, I'm not sure they've been heard enough. And I know a lot of schools have been hesitant to, to let their players go out and talk, but I don't know that their opinions were 
heard much in these discussions that have taken place over the last four to six weeks about whether to have a season. That has to be frustrating, I would think, for players. Absolutely. I mean, I know in the NFL you have your NFLPA union and you have the ability to have a seat at the table. And as, as a college player, you really don't have a seat at the table. And I think if there's one positive to come out of this is the fact that I think players are going to start demanding a seat at the table for decisions like this. I think that you're going to have committees of not just SAC, I mean, not the student-athlete committee, but from each sport at the seat of the table when you're making decisions like this for whatever sport it might be, how that sport affects the player. Because, again, at the end of the day, the head coach doesn't have a job without the players. The AD doesn't have a job without the players. So why don't the players get a little bit of input in this, I understand that it's 18 to 22-year-old kids, but it's their lives that are directly affected. It's their futures that are directly affected. So why not allow them to have a voice in what's can happening for them? Again, visiting Jeremiah Searles, former Husker and a member of our Husker Sports Network team here on Sports Nightly. The last week, Jeremiah, for a player has to have just been so such a roller coaster of emotions you get a schedule last wednesday you get your first practice on friday and then you get told no pads for your third practice and then today you get this announcement i I just can't imagine the emotions in that locker room over the last seven days i mean yeah i mean and you can even stretch it back to the last four months i mean imagine getting your spring ball canceled and then the uncertainty there and then you can stretch it even to not sure what you're going to have for summer conditioning and the, the mental ramp up to get to a season is just as important as the physical ramp up the mental what you have to start preparing for to go in week in and week out and battle on a saturday or sunday whatever level is just as important and you learn how to do that through fall camp you get the mental toughness when things are tough and things are hard how do you how do you respond do you fold do you go through and in football itself and i've told this to every player i've talked to like football itself is hard enough like, it's, it's hard enough as it is. And then you add all this other crap on top of it. Like, it would stress the player out so much. I mean, and a lot of these guys is, I mean, if you're a first, second-year player, you don't really understand how it all works yet. So this is all new to you as much as it is to a guy that is a fifth-year guy that's been through it once or twice, understands what, how hard and what you have to do. So you put a combination of all that. I guarantee you these guys are emotionally just shot. I mean, just shot. I mean, these guys have ramped themselves up, and now all of a sudden it's just completely yanked from out from underneath you, underneath the rug, and you're standing there just kind of like, now what? I mean, that becomes the question is like, how do we handle this? How do we, what do we do now? And there's so many more questions than answers. And as a player, that's not what you want to hear. Yeah, the laughable thing I heard today was, well, they can still do the 20 hours a week. For what? Why would you go do 20 hours a week if you don't have a game for maybe six months? Okay, let's get into the spring discussion. Urban Meyer on the BTN coverage today said, no way. It's not going to work. Even Barry Alvarez, the athletic director of Wisconsin, said, I don't think so. Jeff Braun, the head coach of Purdue, goes, well, I think uh, I think that, that, that could happen, and we got to prepare for that to happen. Come on. This, this isn't even legitimate, is it? No, it can't be. I mean, here's the thing. If you're going to talk player safety to me, I'm, I've, I've lived this, so I can speak to it a little bit more than the average person sitting home going, well, they could do it. If you want these guys to play two full seasons, and I don't care if it's an eight-game season, 10-game, 12-game, whatever, you're talking about two full seasons. That's two full seasons of practice, of games, of camp. It is the most dangerous thing to a player. Because I know after a season, college or NFL, it took me a full month of sitting on the couch just to get my body back to a place to start training again. Not to go play football again, to start low-level training again. So you're going to tell me that you're going to start a football season. Let's say they start it in, what, February, right? You go February, March, April, maybe at the end of May. 
Okay, well, then you go May, June, July, August, September. That's five months until you're back, four months really, until you're back in camp in August. That isn't even close. You're not even barely in spring ball after four months of a season, and yet you're going to say prepare for another full gold, full season? It's just dumb. In my opinion, it's literally dumb. And if you're going to say, oh, we're not going to have this football season for player safety, then you better damn sure make sure you don't have two seasons in less than a calendar year because that is one of the most unsafe things you can do to a player mentally and physically. Physically, if these guys go out there and try and do that, you're going to see an injury rate that is astronomical because you can't control it. The body is not meant to do that. The body is meant for one football season per calendar year at max. Other sports can do it, I think. I think you can do it in volleyball. I think you can do it in soccer. Soccer kids play year-round anyway. So I, th- yep. for those sports, I think it works. But it, in my eyes, and I think you totally agree, you can't do it. You can't ask that of college football players. You just can't do that. No, I mean, imagine – I mean, you got guys that tear ACLs in the, and barely mm-hmm. make it back for the next year. Yeah. Right? I mean, you got, you got guys that are going to have – it's football. You guys, guys are going to have serious injuries, shoulders – and you're going to have that. So is that fair to them to have to miss out an entire season of eligibility because they got hurt in the spring season? That's BS, right? I mean, it's like, hey, this guy tears his ACL in March in the middle of a season. Well, you're going to have to miss an entire year of football now because you got hurt versus you tear it in November. You have all the way up to September to get to play again. I mean, that's a real-life ramification that will happen because ACLs happen, shoulders happen, it all happens. And so then you're going to say, well, you got hurt in the spring season, so you just lose an entire year. It doesn't make any sense, man. It's just not safe. Right. Jeremiah Searles, great stuff as always. What a wacky week. Now we sit back and see what happens. The the ACC, the SEC say we're going to continue on on the path that we've set. That sounds like the Big 12 is as well. This is going to be interesting. And, And if those three conferences do it and pull it off, whoa, that could change the landscape of college football forever. I completely agree. I think you'll see, I think we're three to five years away, Greg, from seeing the NCAA and the Power Fives completely separate. Yeah. Jeremiah, I appreciate it. Be well. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. Go Big Red as always. All right, uh, Kevin Warren, first question from Dave Revson. Good one. What changed in six days? And Dave, that's a fair question, is that we always have to plan. And so we wanted to plan ahead, plan uh, for a possible season, made it very clear that the season may not actually come to fruition. Uh, we felt it was important to plan to to uh, organize a schedule that if we were fortunate to play fall sports and especially football, that we would have to, uh, we would have a schedule in place. But, you know, six days is six days. And I made it very clear also that this was a day-to-day situation. And as we began to gather information during this, these last six days, especially from our medical experts, I mean, we do have a task force in the Big Ten for emerging infectious diseases. And we also have a sports medicine task force that's comprised of of many doctors and and trainers, people who I have the utmost medical respect for. And uh, and I just said from day one that it was important. I'm not a physician, but it was going to be very important that on a day-to-day basis that we would listen and follow and understand and appreciate and embrace the advice from our medical experts. And uh, and that's what we're doing here. This is a, a holistic decision. Uh, there is too much uncertainty now for us to feel comfortable to go forward and have fall sports in the Big Ten. And, and we just need to constantly do the right thing from a medical standpoint to make sure that our student athletes are, have an environment uh, that remains both health and, and healthy and safe. 
It's absolutely incomprehensible to me, Greg, to think that there was so much change within the virus uh, in the health and safety and well-being of the student-athletes in six days uh, to go from releasing a schedule, or as he said in his own words, planning ahead, uh, to pulling the plug. There, there, there hasn't been any any new information on the virus that, that has re- been released in that six-day window significant enough to go from releasing a schedule to pulling the plug on the season. So I, I have to disagree with about everything the commissioner said there. Yeah, that, that, that seemed fishy. Now, Brevson, follow that up. What exactly are the medical experts telling you? There's, there's too much uncertainty. We have a lot of uncertainty going on now. And even questions that we ask and still ask. And it doesn't mean that we're giving up forever. I mean, this is really our continuation of work and an evolution. We're going to continually have to gather uh, information and look forward to the future. But uh, there's so much uncertainty. And, and as we you know, asked questions two weeks ago, uh, some questions were answered, but then you ask more questions and then maybe those questions are, are answered, but then there's new questions. And then you ask questions even today. And it's not only in the Big Ten, I think just across the country and in the world, there is so much uncertainty about this virus. This is a novel virus. It, it is spreading at alarming rates. I believe there's over 5 million people worldwide and 160,000 deaths that have occurred. Um, this is a this is a serious virus. And, you know, we were able to start practice last week. So there are many times in these type of decisions that you can have great plans. And I, I want to commend all of our Big Ten 14, our 14 Big Ten institutions. Uh, they've done a wonderful job. And our student athletes have worked hard to prepare. Our coaches have worked hard, our athletic directors, our chancellors and presidents and all of our administrators, I mean, our senior women administrators and faculty athletic reps, people have, have come together to do everything we possibly could do to have a fall season. And, uh, and but as you get closer to, it's one thing to make plans, and then it's another thing to really to put those plans into place and to start seeing what's happening and hearing what's happening from a practice standpoint on a lot of the issues as far as, you know, social distancing and, and contact tracing and you know, testing. There, there are just a lot of issues, not only in the Big Ten, but in society that we're trying to get answers to. And it's one thing to, to try to get answers in certain areas of your life, but then when there are certain other areas, especially when it comes to your health and safety, that, that a lot of the questions that we need to make sure that we have answered now that we were getting closer uh, to really going to the next phase of practice and getting closer to actually to, to compete, to, to have competition, is that there are just too many uncertainties to feel comfortable from a medical standpoint to proceed forward. Yeah, I've never actually stuck needles in my ears, but <sighs> that, that's, about, that, that's about as close of a comparison as I can get listening, listening to that. I mean, that, that, that is absolutely professional filibuster material there wow. from the commissioner. And the whole thing about uncertainty, Greg, what happens is if what happens if three years from now researchers find a lingering effect from people that have tested positive for the virus with with athletes that are now in high school? You know what I mean? Like and then and then, you know, three years from now they're in college and they're suffering all these, you know, all these effects, these uncertainties that he's talking about. 
this the, we could we could be seeing effects from this virus three years from now, five years from now, 10, 20 years from now. Are we just going to keep banging the season every time something comes up? I, I mean, I understand you 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 want to be you know looking out and and, and making the, the best decision, but at least word it in a way that that makes sense. And the thing that's confusing about that that entire clip there is he's applauding the medical professionals, the people on campus, everybody for, for putting, for implementing those protocols that are working yet we're pulling the plug. I I just, I would love to see a transcripted version of that and just go line by line and, and go through that and just say, yeah, this is, this is what was said. This is, this was the reasoning given by our brand new commissioner. Life is full of uncertainties. I mean, that's that's what you deal with. The medical, I mean, there's going to be something new the medical industry is going to have to tackle in the next five years. I guarantee it. Something new they're going to have, that's, they don't know about now. You got to roll with it. Unbelievable. Somebody sent me an email that says, you know, the only virus we've ever eradicated is smallpox. <laughs> I mean, everything else we haven't eradicated. We found treatments for it, but it's still going to be out there. Holy moly, that was quite the answer right there. All right, he was then asked, was the vote to cancel unanimous they from you know from the votes them i can tell you one thing about it is that our schools we don't always agree i mean i can only talk about since i've been here we don't always agree but i think people uh understand and i take that from a passionate standpoint that uh you know we will be together in the big 10 and uh, so i just think it's important to, to 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 make that very clear and i would rather not you know have a detailed discussion about you know um you know, your question about is a vote unanimous or not unanimous. But, um, you know, this is a, a decision that was made on a collective basis. And uh, and I'm, I just want to just express to you that uh, we will continually do everything we possibly can at every level in the Big Ten to make sure that our student athletes are, are, are respected, you know, encouraged. And I know this, you know, many people may not agree with the decision that we've made today. And I understand that. I understand the passion associated with it, but we have a responsibility as a conference to make sure that we're doing everything that we possibly can to keep our student athletes in, in, an, in an environment where one, they can get a world-class education, earn a world-class degree, but then also compete athletically uh, in a safe and healthy environment. The answer is no, Ben. Yeah. It wasn't let's unanimous. Sum- let's summarize that. <laughs> no, it was not unanimous. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh, oh, my goodness. Okay. Then he got asked about Nebraska. Can Nebraska play their own schedule? Uh, David, I'll just say this. I, I know yesterday, uh, for everyone included, um, yesterday, this this whole last couple of days today is very, very emotional. We have some uh, – we have some the best coaches, I believe, uh, from a conference-level standpoint in all of college football. And they, they, are, they are passionate. And the reason why they're great coaches is because they have great passion and they work hard and they're intelligent. And, and I understand that. So I know there were many statements that were made yesterday. There were many interviews that were done yesterday. I'm sure there are going to be many other statements made today and in the future. But I just take those statements as, as uh, really a point of passion and support, supporting and representing their universities and their student athletes. And so I understand that. But as I sit here today, uh, again, we have 14 institutions in the Big Ten Conference, and uh, we've been together. Uh, I plan for us to continually be together and work to col- work collectively to make sure that we're doing everything that we possibly can to make sure that we keep our conference strong, 
Uh, we keep our conference very strong academically and also very strong athletically. So I understand, you know, the passion. I understand the many things that have been said, and I can expect the many things that will be said. But I'm, I'm proud to to be in the Big Ten. Uh, it's been a challenging year so far for many people on multiple levels. Uh, but uh, I just want people to know that we're doing what we believe at this point in time in the best interest of our student athletes, and that is their mental, their physical, uh, and their emotional health, safety, and wellness. Walked all around that one. I do have another cut about Nebraska. I don't even know that it's worth playing. No, it's not. He doesn't answer the question. <laughs> to me, the, the funny part is, okay, so I, I've mentioned The Office a lot on on, uh, on the show. It's, that, it's like that episode where – Michael's doing the uh, evaluations of performance reviews and Pam goes, you know, it starts out by Michael asking me what my hopes and dreams were and it ends by him telling me I can bench press 190 pounds. He was asked in that clip by Dave Revson about Nebraska and he, right there when he finished, he was saying how he's proud to be a member of the Big Ten. What? Like, obviously, like, what? (laughs) I like to eat pizza. I like to spend time with my family. Golfing is fun. Uh, also, it, it's not fun when you uh, when you injure yourself. Don't touch hot pans. Like it's like, how much more random stuff can you put in an answer without without saying anything? That's uh, man. It, it's almost like they had a scripted response, and they're like, okay, it doesn't matter what question he asks. This is your response to question four. This is your response to question five. This is your response to question six. Whether it made sense or not, he just he just went off a, a scripted answer sheet. It was so bad, so bad. I had people that were driving and listening to that and calling me or texting me going, this this guy, this, this is unbelievable. This is awful. I'm like, yeah, he's not coming across very well here at all. The worst part about it is you and I were talking today, and I was blowing off some steam. And it's one thing if this if this decision just kind of like, if there was a big medical breakthrough today, the, the, the carpet was ripped out from under his feet, and the, as, a, as a conference, as a society, we're like, okay, we, we can't play football. It's one thing if you're kind of put on the spot and have to speak to these questions that you genuinely don't have the answers to, but this is a, a man that's been sitting around on these meetings and has months, weeks, hours to prepare you knew what questions you were going to be asked. You knew what was going to be asked of you. And that's the best you could come up with. I, I get that there's lawyer speak and there's things that you can't say and politic this, politic that. But, I mean, this was on another level brutal. And the other thing that, that, that to me stands out is this, was his, this is the biggest test he'll face as a commissioner. I feel confident in saying that. And I don't know that people in Nebraska, people in Columbus, Ohio, people in State College, Pennsylvania, will ever be able to look past this. He could get the next 50 problems right, but this one will always trump his reputation for the negative part of the needle. And I don't know that it ever switches course. It was not good. It it just kind of added to the entire week how botched it's been by the Big Ten for the last week. Uh, all right, and I will say one more thing about this. Kevin Warren has a son who's a college football player at Mississippi State in the SEC that, as of right now, still planning on playing college football this fall. How ironic will it be if Kevin Warren is spending several Saturdays this fall watching his son play college football and the league that he oversees is on the sidelines? Or even in Starkville, Mississippi, in the stands watching him. I mean... Yeah, that, that would be that would be ultimate wow. irony. Wow. So joining us now, uh, Brian Christofferson from 24-7 Sports. 
Uh, man, last 24 hours have really been, <laughs> yeah, the Frost press conference and then the announcement today of the end of the Big Ten football season for the fall. How, well, how, how do you how do you couch all this up, Brian? Uh, it's sad, sad day, really, because uh, we all know what the fall football season means to people in this state. And I'll be honest, yesterday morning, I thought, okay, it's it's probably the end game. There were reports out that made you feel like there isn't going to be a season. And then by the afternoon, I had a bit of optimism, and I don't think I was alone in that. And a big part of it was Scott Frost and some other you know, high-profile coaches in the Big Ten uh, really use their platform, I think, to address some key points on the other side of this discussion and say they think they can pull this off. And I thought Scott Frost laid it out very well yesterday, and I, I think a lot of Husker fans loved it. And I, I really woke up this morning thinking, at the worst, they're going to delay this thing. And I think a lot of people close to it kind of thought that too. If you listen closely to data interviews, um, I think there were coaches and even athletic directors who thought they were maybe going to delay it until September 26th and see what happened, and of course uh, they, they went all the way with it. So uh, it was it was a bummer. Um, and you know, can they pull off a spring season now? I don't. You know, we don't know what the climate's going to be like in the spring, and if we'll be in a better position to do that or not, or if you could have two seasons in a year. It, it just feels like uh, a real down day for college athletics. Um, we kind of knew this might be coming, but it's still hard when you meet it. Brian, we just played some clips from the commissioner's um, interview on BTN. I don't know if you had a chance to catch it. If you did, what'd you make of his comments? Well, it's tough to have answers that are going to appease anybody right now. I can understand that from his vantage point. Um, that said, uh, there was a lot of word salad in there. There was a lot of. I, I didn't feel like he gave a lot of clarity to the issue. And I think the biggest contention people have, and especially the players, is that you know six days ago we put out a schedule and we're discussing that, and guy, we're saying okay, you can open up camp Friday, and the players and coaches are all doing the right stuff, and for the most part, uh, the the testing results were good. Um, and then suddenly over the weekend, it's a shift. And I think that's where a lot of people are puzzled. And I know there um, were headlines out there and there were doctors who said that there could be long-term effects here cardiac-wise if you get it. And, you know, I don't know enough about that topic to speak, you know, with confidence on it. And I understand that you got to be very cautious with this thing. Um, but it's, it's tough because, you know, I think 99% of the players – and especially at Nebraska, we're saying, let's go for it. And that's really what tipped me. I, I, I'll be honest, the last few months I've kind of gone back and forth on this, but what sold me was these guys want to do it. They train their whole lives for this, um, you know, for this opportunity to be on this stage. There's high school seniors across the state who are trying to get recognized and recruited, and we don't know if they'll get their season or not. And there's guys like Deontay Williams and DiCaprio Boodle who are going to be seniors. And, you know, they're thinking about probably playing at the next level and putting some good stuff on film that helps them out. And now that's up in the air. I just feel terrible about all that and what's lost with all of it. Because um, I think Jared Lambrick uh, 
Scott Frost, chief of staff, on a good point the other day in, in the letter he said where, you know, I don't know if college football can be the exact same without a season. It's going to be a real test to get back to where we were. Brian Christofferson is with us from Huskers 24-7. We're talking about the, the all the news events of the last 24 hours. Um, the Huskers put out a pretty quick response, and it was pretty obvious that they were not in line with this decision to bang the fall season. Uh, pretty strong statement, and I it, this, this kind of is not a Big Ten way of doing things, Brian. And they, The Big Ten's always prided themselves in one for all and all for one. Nebraska looking a little bit like a renegade here. What did you make of the statement put out by the university after the cancellation of the fall? Yeah, you categorize that well because I do think the Big Ten's a league where it's like everybody put your hands in and, you know, you're you're all on the same same page. But, you know, Nebraska, Scott Frost and, his, and the people in Nebraska have to stand up for themselves. And uh, they think they can play. Uh, they thought they could get it done. They've been safe through this process. They feel like they've taken all the steps necessary. And that's why I liked what Frost did the other day. At the end of the day, a head coach has to go up front and stick up for his players. And that's what he did. Um, and I think any, all his players watching it appreciated it. I think recruits watching appreciated it. Now, do I think it would be easy or even possible for Nebraska to go outside of the Big Ten and play? Um, no, I don't. I, I'm, I don't know what all the contract layers are, but it seems like something that would be very difficult to pull off without you know, possibly burning bridges with, with the league you're in. And for whatever nostalgia people have around here for the old Big 8 and Big 12, you know, the Big Ten has been pretty good to Nebraska financially. It was a smart move in that respect. It's one of the reasons why we're talking about building a new facility and all that stuff that's going on. Nebraska's TV contracts with the Big Ten, every year they put out the numbers, and it's basically the Big Ten and SEC at the top, and the Big 12 is quite a ways below it. Um, so I, I don't know how realistic it is that you can you can go outside of what was said. Um that noted, I, I don't mind Nebraska, at least for the tonight, keeping their options open and just seeing where this, this goes. But I don't know if it can go anywhere. Brian Christofferson again with us from Huskers 24-7. Uh, the Big Ten a month ago, the first conference to say were no non-conference games at all. I think that surprised people around the country. And then they were the first to cancel it today. The Pac-12 followed it an hour or two later. Um, I, I nationally, I think there's some people scratching their head about what's your rush. And, and I think that falls in line with Nebraska's thinking, Scott Frost thinking, I think even you're thinking 12 hours ago is ah, maybe they're just going to go ahead and push it back a few weeks and see what happens once kids get back on campus. And if there is a spike in infection rate with the virus that we have to worry about. Uh, the Big Ten, you know, talking about Nebraska being a bit of a renegade, it seems like the Big Ten's kind of been out on a boat by themselves. Haven't they the last couple of months? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, either you're going to try or you're not going to try, and that's where I thought it was a mistake last Wednesday to put out a schedule like you're going to go through the effort of seeing what happens. They never gave an opportunity for us to see what happens. You know, I, I know there was worry about when guys lock arms on the field, would there be more positive tests and would that transfer throughout a team and all that? 
and it's possible that could have happened. Um, but if you're gonna if you're gonna go for it, go for it, and let's let's see for a few weeks what what happens actually, instead of just calling it off uh, after you've sent players out there for four or five days to work out uh, with all these weird headlines floating in the wind. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people speaking off the record, and it that that's where it's difficult for some people. You know, I think a lot of people wanted public figures to come forward and say, this is why we're thinking what we're thinking. This is where we're at. And that was not happening through this process. It was a bunch of stuff that was being leaked through the media. And so that's why I feel like Scott Frost and some coaches the other day felt like, hey, somebody's got to come forward and stick up for this other side. And uh, I appreciated that they put their face to it and their name to it as opposed to behind uh, closed doors and anonymously. So um, the Big Ten, um, you know, it sounds like most of the presidents were kind of in agreement. I know they took some medical advice uh, in a serious account. And uh, you have to respect that decision because that's what it is now. You can't change the news even if you don't like it. And, uh, I mean, we'll see if we can play in the spring. But I, I don't know how you fit two seasons in one calendar year. I don't know if you could play a couple exhibition games or something in the spring uh, with FCS schools or something like that and then have a regular season. Uh, there's going to be all sorts of interesting ideas, I'm sure. But what's feasible is, uh, is another question. Last thing for you, BC, the, the Big 12 has come out and said that they're, they're a go. They're going to release their schedule within the next 24 hours. They're going to be a, a – I think they're going to be able to play their non-conference game whenever they want to in early September. If they're successful along with the SEC and the ACC, long-term ramifications for the Big Ten, does this damage the Big Ten in your eyes long-term by sitting on the sideline if those three leagues can put together a season here in the fall? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it definitely does. And I think that's a big concern of the coaches um, from a competitive standpoint is you've got to worry if other leagues go forward and play, one, you got to worry about transfers and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, plus they're, they're playing and you're not. You're sitting out basically um, 15 to 24 months without playing games. And uh, that's tough to keep your uh, program functioning the way you want it when it's like that. Now, obviously, these are weird times, and I wouldn't be surprised if when it's all said and done, these other leagues end up backing out too that could very well happen but your question is a very good one and i would think would be a very big concern of big 10 coaches right now um if you're sitting out and these other schools are practicing uh how are recruits going to look at that how are players going to look at that it's a worry that's why i think what frost did yesterday was important because i think if nothing else even if the big 10 made their decision i think players on this team and recruits saw that's a guy who's passionate about playing and and they mean business there in nebraska about playing football if they can and i i do think there is still some uh, usefulness that might come out of that press conference for Nebraska, even if the day's news was not what they wanted. Yeah, great point. BC, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Be well. Yeah, thanks a lot. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin with you on a wild Tuesday night of Sports Island here on the Husker Sports Network. 531-500-4686, the number if you want to shoot us a text. Let's go back to the phones up to Montana. Paul, you're up next on Sports Island. Hey, guys. It's an honor. Um, 
brutal day, brutal day. Not surprised about the pack. Uh, to be honest with you, unsurprised the Pac-12 still keeps score. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty good to give each other a trophy at the end of the game, but whatever. You know, I got to be honest with you. This is kind of what we get for joining a bunch of, uh, I don't know, a bunch of blue states. And what's the odds of us ever really going looking at like going back to the Big Eight, Big Twelve? Yeah, I, Paul, first of all, shout out to Montana. Got family up there. Thanks for calling up there. I love big sky country. Um, it's a, it's an interesting question. I think it's a question that I think two weeks ago, maybe longer than that, a month ago, probably was a was a farce, was, was far away. It wouldn't shock me if that idea has been tossed around and, and Nebraska kicks the tires. I don't know if they actually reach out and make phone calls, but maybe they have a, a couple of phone calls within the department uh, of looking for their best opportunity um, to move forward wouldn't shock me either way but I think we're, we're still still a little ways from that I think it's a long long shot I think a lot of ways in Brian Christopherson said it earlier in the hour the Big Ten's been pretty good to Nebraska financially I, I just don't I don't see that happening let's uh, wrap up the hour with Nick in McCook hello Nick welcome to Sports Nightly hey guys uh, we talked about a lack of statistics to back up the decision um, so I looked up the CDC report from August 7th the hospitalization rate rate due to COVID-19 is 0.1376%. And the only thing lower than that right now is my confidence in Big Ten and its new commissioner. And that's all I have. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nick, appreciate it. Uh, You know, and Scott Frost said this yesterday. He said, hey, we take this virus seriously. He goes, in fact, I'm worried some of our players don't take it seriously enough. It's not a hoax. I know some people think it's a hoax. It's not a hoax. It's it's a nasty virus. Um, but we, we've dealt with medical problems in the past, maybe not to this severity in most people's lifetime. There was a pandemic in 1957. There was the Spanish flu in 1918 that wiped out over 12 million people in the world. This is 160,000 in the United States. It's bad. Uh, but I also think we're, we've learned an awful lot in the last four or five months. We, we're treating it better. We're identifying it better. We're knowing which which parts of the population it affects more. We do know that, and thank goodness it doesn't affect young people very much. And I think that's why there was some real hope that college football could happen because it doesn't really affect the younger population to a, to a certain degree at all. So it's disappointing. We'll move on. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm worried, Ben, for a lot of people. It's going to shake up a lot of people's lives, uh, not only here in Lincoln but across the country. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be destructive. The fallout's going to be massive, and I don't know that we fully understand to what extent yet. And it will be a while before we do. Callers into our show. Dot us up on our Sports Nightly Hotline, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Good hour here on Sports Alley. Another one to go.